0: Pastors, Larry and Tears welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. Good morning and welcome to our Fit for Life class. Uh, this is the fourth of a series that I've been teaching about bringing revival uh, to a church. And in case you haven't kind of figured it out, it's really about bringing revival into your own life. So the first lesson was about locating something that um, perhaps is keeping you from communion with God. And everybody here today and listening on the podcast, you know, you're not into the big sins. You're, it's the little ones. And the scripture tells us it's the little foxes <laughs> that spoil things when I was kind of practicing in my head and rehearsing, it's like, it's the little things that spoil a marriage. It's the little things that spoil a church. It's the little things that spoil a business. When I was in corporate America, my focus was not on the managers or the service manager in a branch. My focus was, what the heck is going on on the front line? <laughs> Because I knew once someone had gotten to a position of being a branch manager or branch service manager, they kind of knew the ropes. They knew what to do. And if they didn't, we had another area for them to go. But the front line, those are your brand new employees. And I could have the best product and the best marketing. And if the front line person was a grump or my favorite, that brand new teller. It's her first job. They've never had any authority in their life. And suddenly you come in in the old days when you wanted to cash a check. And so you slide that check over to the teller and she looks at it and she says, I'll need to see some identification, please. And you say, I've been banking here for 20 years, girlfriend. Everybody knows me here. I don't know you, sir. I'll need to see some identification. And suddenly that power surge comes over her. I have authority to look you in the face and say, I ain't cashing your check. Well, I understood that frontline was very important in corporate, but I think sometimes we need to overlay that into our life. I try very hard to be polite to Don. He's my husband. You'd think it would come natural. It doesn't. <laughs> but it's like, okay, if I say thank you to you for doing something, then I need to remember to say thank you to him for doing something. So we uncovered some sin in our life that maybe was just missing the mark by a little bit so that you could get rid of that, confess it, and be forgiven, and then move on to the next stage. What was the next stage, by the way? Anybody remember? Silence, silence. Okay, the next phase. (laughs) I forgot myself. I was hoping one of you would remember. (laughs) But the phases that we go through are, okay, how do we clean up our life? We need to have praise in our life. that do you have notes there? She's flipping through. Okay, just yell them out when you find it. But the f- closing one on this is prayer. Now, for those of you that have been through seminars, classes, sermons, everything that Pastor Lydia teaches on prayer, it's, this is kind of a different way to look at it because we know how to pray. We know what to say. We know how to quote the Bible and... Agree with God on what His Word says. But, oh, number two was be ready for change, embrace change. It just came to me, yeah. Because the move of the Holy Spirit probably isn't what we're already doing, otherwise, He would already be here moving, right? (laughs) So we're going to embrace change. When you find number three, just yell that out, Annette. (laughs) So we're going to look at prayer differently today. Now, I don't know whether God has downloaded this because I needed to learn it or whether He really wanted me to teach it, but um, it hit me in the face, so I thought, okay, I'm going to teach it today because it really is the last piece of revival. We've talked about, you know, a thought produces a chemical, and most often you hear a thought and then an action and a consequence. That's kind of the order of things. But I'm going to add a different one. Did you find number three? I'm sorry? Oh, joy. Joy. Okay. Oh, yeah. Not joy for the circumstance, but joy in the circumstance. Thank you. Okay. There we go. So joy and gratitude. Yeah, Cause number one was gratitude. I mean, it was the first part of it. You can't have joy without gratitude. Forgive, embrace, change, gratitude. Mm-hmm. If, which actually dovetails right in what I'm going to say next. So thank you. What, what we thought was a mistake was actually a setup. Okay, so if you're walking through life and you have a, a, an attitude of gratitude, what are you looking for? Blessings. You're looking for those, oh, wow, the sunrise, the sunset, the bird that's singing in the tree. Whatever it is that brings you a giggle in your spirit, when you walk through life with that gratitude attitude, then things seem to show up that are fun. But what if... Your attitude is more negative. Now, I teach all the time, and I really, really believe each one of us is hand-packed for the assignment that God has for us. Um, he designed us unique for the area, the path that we're supposed to walk, but sometimes those gifts improperly used become negative. So, if you have a thought, the first thing that comes over that thought is our attitude. Now, we have a lot of teaching that has another word for it, but I think at this stage of the game, we need to look, what is our attitude? See, we have a tendency, and again, I'm talking to myself, to (laughs) mind-read. Ah, so she's mad at me. Ah, they're doing that again. So, we interpret actions that people do by mind-reading, which is an attitude. Or, we have faulty thinking. We have exaggerations of things that shouldn't be exaggerated. Or we have diminishing ideas for things that shouldn't be diminished. And that's an attitude. And somehow we have the idea that our attitude is really us. That we are supernaturally gifted to see everything that's wrong in a room. We are supernaturally gifted to see which colors don't go together. We are supernaturally gifted to notice when someone on the worship team has a blouse that looks like it's buttoned wrong. We consider that a gift rather than, oh, might be an attitude problem. Now, I have learned from being at New Beginnings, because I've got a lot of things that happen on Sunday morning that I'm dealing with, and I did not want to lose my ability to connect in worship. So I have trained myself that I can look at my phone, I can answer it, I can put my phone down. And go right back into worship, so as God was pulling this this leather, leather uh, teaching together for me, this learning, he said, "You have learned, you have taught yourself how to go from quick activity back into worship, so you can certainly train your attitude to be different now, as most of you know, um, honey and I are kind of going through an odd season in our life, and a lot of people expect me to show up more of a oh, than good morning." <laughs> But it's like, what good is my uh going to do for anybody, especially honey? I need to be up. I need to be watching. I need to be paying attention. I need to be figuring out what he might need next, anticipate his needs, but keep my attitude happy. Why? Well, number one, for my sake, because I certainly don't want to be drugged down. <laughs> but number two, for his sake, and number three, for the Holy Spirit's sake. Because what what does the Bible tell us? Where does the blessing of God command itself to be? Where the spirit of unity is. So I need to make sure that I'm not doing anything to block that spirit of unity. Now, some people consider that, you know, being fake. And in the corporate world, you had you know, fake it until you make it. But the biblical world, what are we supposed to do with the armor of God every morning? Put it on. That's not faking it until you make it. Actually, if you take a look underneath that, what you're saying is, Lord, I depend on you. I can't walk through today on my own. I need to, first of all, acknowledge by the belt of truth that you are God, that you are king of kings and lord of lords, and you're worshiping him and pulling his presence into your life. You're putting it on You go through all the other pieces for the armor of God, and you put it on, and you walk. And you walk in that authority because you know who you are, and you know who you are in Christ. So when I put on my happy face and act joyful in the house, then that brings the spirit of God in. It helps honey a little bit, and it certainly helps me because I don't want to be sad Sally. I want to be able to be joyful, not because of the circumstance, but in the circumstance. Amen? So you have a thought, then you have a prayer. The attitude is really our prayer life. I see, that was kind of new news to me when God was explaining all that. Well, well, no, wait a second, Lord, I pray. It's like, well, how do you pray? You have had people in your life who say some very unusual prayers. My best friend, Joni in, in Portland, bless her heart, she's given me so much material to teach from. When we first got together and I listened to her prayers, it was like, my gosh, girl, that's witchcraft because she was mad at someone about something and it was like, and Lord, strike him, do whatever you do, take him out of his knees. And it's like, okay, I know that her heart is right. Her words are witchcraft. So it's like, once we start to utter a prayer, we better check our attitude to make sure that it's on the right track. If you're looking for problems, you're gonna find problems. If you're looking for blessings, you're gonna find blessings. And when you start to pray, the hard part is, Not being narrow-minded in that prayer. I'll get to the answer on that one later. But the third thing, then, is make an adjustment. If your attitude is in the wrong place, make an adjustment. Uh, Psychologically, we should step back in the Christian world, spiritually, too, and look at the big picture. Our tendency, because we're human, is to get stuck on where we are and what's happening right in front of us. Um... It's kind of like this morning when I was driving into church, there's a a road sign that says um, one of our exits is going to be closed. It gives a date. I didn't have time to read the the date that it's going to be closed, but Murphy exit um, coming from downtown Dallas to the church is going to be closed for a while. So it's like make a mental note. Make sure that you tell somebody who comes that way. And then my mind starts wandering because I was in the middle of a prayer. My mind starts wandering. And I'm thinking, wow, I wonder who comes that way. I wonder how we should notify them. I mean, those are things that I need to think about, but not while I'm praying. So as I'm pulling off the freeway thinking, I didn't see the dates. Maybe I should text on and ask him to look at the dates when he comes off and goes off the exit. And then, you know, God just goes, sweetheart. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, back on track again. And then I go back to praying. God's not mad at us for having those little cul-de-sac moments. But make sure you don't camp there. Make sure that you're close enough to God, you're tender enough to him. That while you're praying, He can give you directions. Growing up, I was never one of those kids that, you know, had the memory verse memorized and got the star on the plate. Uh, I love the songs. I can sing any song I ever learned in Sunday school, but the Bible verses just were kind of like, to me, boring. Sorry, Lord. And so I didn't always memorize them. But I did try. And I discovered in different circumstances in my life that. Even though I didn't think I had memorized them while I was trying, suddenly those verses came back to me. So the other part of adjusting our attitude so that we can pray right is just read some scripture. Just read them and trust that God will plant it in your spirit so that when you need it, it'll come out. The first one that I remember, and that's when I realized that, oh my gosh, it is in there. Um, You probably already know this, so I'm not telling any secrets on myself. I'm not an outdoor girl. Um, I may dress in an outdoor outfit, but that doesn't mean I'm going there. And when Don and I got married, he was a camper, and he was very upfront. He had a stove and a tent and all that kind of stuff. And I was fortunately very upfront and said, "I don't do outdoors." He convinced me to go on one camping trip, and he traded our car in for a van so that I could, you know, sleep in the van. And he made sure he had coffee. And so, just you know, one time I did it and came back and said, "I'm not going to camp." So he blessed other people with his camp stove and his tent and everything else. We got rid of everything. But not being an outside girl doesn't mean that I don't enjoy nature. And we all know that God is the creator of things, and the only thing that Satan can do is pollute them. So when we think about a rainbow, that's something that God created, and then Satan polluted it. Sometimes in the church world, we look at something in the world and we think it's demonic. My challenge to you is take a look at it and see what the God thing behind it is and how Satan polluted it. Because I I know a lot of good Christians who are just, you know, no longer looking at rainbows or thanking God for rainbows. And it's like, okay, we we don't have to throw everything out. Um, It's kind of like those churches that, you know, the scripture that talks about women don't talk in church. Um, They haven't looked at the history. That doesn't mean a woman can't teach or preach. The history was that women back then were not educated, and so when they went to church, they talked, and they asked their husbands questions out loud while whoever was up front was teaching. So that was what it really meant. And the same thing about pants. My goodness, you know, you can't wear pants. Um, Those are all things that are kind of taken out of context. You have to look and say, well, what was the history? What was going on at that time? What were people doing so that you can figure out how to apply it? But when you see something that is weird and you know that it's not of God, look behind it to see what is God. For me, it's like, okay, when I see a rainbow or get get an idea of a rainbow, then it's like, okay, Lord, thank you for your promise. Thank you. I see the rainbow. Thank you for all the colors in the rainbow. Thank you, Father, that you are restoring your promise on earth. Thank you, Father, that you are blinding the eyes of innocent people to see the pollution that has happened. The the distortion that has happened to the rainbow. You pray those kind of things. Not take them out at the knees, but, you know, Lord, take care of them. Um, The other piece on prayer is that you have authority over atmosphere. And so you can pray that the atmosphere, we'll just make up a story. Uh, Somebody that you know and care for is in the wrong spot doing the wrong stuff. And um, we know that we have free will, but we have authority also to control an atmosphere. So once you put on your armor and you've taken care of all the stuff in your life, because I don't venture out to do anything outside of my own sphere until I make sure that I'm covered and, and my house is clean and then I go outside, then you can say, Father, I take authority in the name of Jesus and by his blood for the atmosphere that's a frou- that's a surrounding Billy Bob. I thank you, Father, that you are deafening his ears to the voice of evil. Thank you, Father, that you are blinding his eyes to things that have been tempting him. You, you say all those things. You're not... Taken them out at the knees, <laughs> you are speaking things that aren't currently as those they are, and then you thank God that the atmosphere around him supports life. We can do that. There was a gentleman who um, his wife came into the church, and she wanted prayer because he was involved with another woman and doing all kinds of things, and they knew how to pray that kind of prayer. And so there was a large group of women that came around her and took authority over the atmosphere. And it wasn't too long before the guy came back to church. He was just miserable. And he no longer found the girl attractive. And the stuff he was doing was no longer bringing him uh, pleasure. And so he came back into the church. And when I saw that testimony, it was like, I'll be darn! It's true. We can take authority over atmosphere. Huh. So that's a prayer that you can pray to reach out to loved ones. So if we're going to step back and look at the big picture of life rather than the little tiny things, then we need to figure out what is the attitude that we are overlaying over that. Now we go to page number two. (laughs) Page number three is coming. Um, Prayer allows us to let go of things that are bothering us and be in agreement with God. I'm not sure early in my Christian walk that I understood how important it was to talk to the Lord and tell him what was concerning to me and then start quoting the scripture that referenced that particular piece and then resting in the fact that God was in control and I wasn't. Again, I'm probably not confessing anything that you don't already know, but I kind of like stress. I kind of like having three or four things to do and not enough time to do them. So I have to Back up and breathe, and my prayer is, Father, show me what's important for you for me to do today so that I can get off my to-do list all the things that I really enjoy. Um, Not sure why I'm packed that way, but nonetheless, I I have to back up and have a big picture rather than my to-do list that doesn't have all 27 items checked off yet. When you have a big picture and when you start praying and connecting with God, it gives you an opportunity to kind of relax and don't we know that we make better choices and better responses when we're relaxed the coffee just came into the room for those of you that need a warm cup feel free to walk to the back and get your coffee (laughs) Um, agreeing with god's word we'll go back to my outdoor experience um sometimes things happen and you know by our choice or somebody else's choices and we're kind of panicked um I said I wasn't an outdoor girl. Well, I did go to church camp. Every year, my mom and dad would, you know, save and send me off to church camp, hoping that something marvelous would happen. And one year, there was a um, horse ride. Now, those horses were old, and they really didn't run. But I went through the trail, just hanging on to that, I believe they call it a horn, in the very front. So I had the horn, and I had the reins, and my eyes were wide open. It was like, this animal is huge. I want to get back. I don't want to be on the horse. And wouldn't you know, bless his heart, we got on a road to go across to another area, and the sound of his feet on the pavement kind of spooked him. And when he kind of jolted, I grabbed a hold of the horn even harder, and I dropped the reins. So then the guy, realizing that his reins are down, starts taking off down the freeway. Now, I'm probably in the fifth grade. I should know what to do, right? But All of a sudden, that verse came to me. Lo, I am with you always, even till the end of the earth. I was like, oh, oh, okay, he's with me, he's with me. And suddenly that verse that I hadn't memorized and I didn't get the star on my paper came to me when I needed it. That's when I realized, I'll be darned if I'm just halfway familiar with those verses. God will bring them to me because that's what his Holy Spirit loves. That's what he wants to do is to comfort us in those areas where we're kind of wacky. So, again, just read so that you know what might come to you when you need it. The other thing is that, um, and I've said this in, in the other class, those, those declarations of health that Pastor Tiz had, you know, the 101 of them. Actually, there's 101, and their declarations, not really Scripture, but the declarations are tied to Scripture. Um, she did do that every single day because she didn't feel it. But she knew that if she started saying it, she was praying out loud. So she would continue saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it because her mind was flooded with all kinds of things. In the natural, they were true, but that's not where she chose to live. (laughs) So she pulled up and said, I will keep my attitude on these healing statements and I will say them every single day. I don't know what circumstance you're facing. I don't know what's going on in your life. Um, if you're blessed right now to be on that sweet path, that just kind of, you know, easy to go on through, enjoy it. Oh, have a good time. Uh, and and understand that the the valleys really, um, God doesn't bring them to us, but he allows them, and that's usually where we are the closest to him. When I was getting my healing from cancer, that was the sweetest season of the Lord that I had been so far in my life. And I carried that sweetness with me when I came out much to my sweetheart's honey dismay because any circumstance that comes along it's like but God and God it's like sometimes we just need to hush up right (laughs) but it's like I lived that I know that I know the test results were coming back worse and worse and worse and worse but I kept standing on the word and believing and fighting through I had time to do the fight. I had time to say the scripture because my diagnosis was not fast growing. So I had time because sometimes when we're not quite on the right path, it takes a little bit of time for us to eke over there. Don't you know that? That's why pastor has prays for people. He puts his faith, which is very strong and connects to your faith so that he can pull you real quick and put you on a platform. The hard part is that once we've been prayed for, walking away from that experience and then keeping it because Satan comes right behind us, which is another point on the prayer. Our thoughts are not us. Satan whispers to us in our own voice. So when you're praying, if a thought comes in that's contrary to what you're praying, rebuke it out loud. If that thought, that attitude does not line up with the word of God, then rebuke it. Get it out of your mind so that you can continue on. Um, Oh, yeah, mind reading. Okay. Okay, four options. Okay. Um, How many of you have chatter in your mind? Just kind of all the time chatter, 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 chatter. Okay, about half of you. All right. The chatter there can be a very supportive issue, it's kind of like a belt. If you have the right size belt, then it, number one, looks attractive. She went there first, didn't she? Yeah. Looks attractive, and it also holds up your skirt or your pants. But a belt that is too tight hurts. So the chatter, you have to make sure that it's the right chatter and the right size and what's going to help elevate you rather than distract you from your prayer or distract you from what you're doing. The last thing here is... We do things because of a, um, in the world they call it a trigger, but it's actually kind of input. We have input that comes into us. That creates a thought. Um, that thought is kind of our first response to anything that, that is going on around us. That thought then creates an attitude Or the world calls it an emotion. I'm calling it an attitude this morning because most of us have pretty much gotten control of a lot of those things. But we need to look at the attitude that we walk around with. After the emotion or the attitude then becomes a behavior, an action. (laughs) Emotions or attitudes hit before we recognize them and they create chemistry in our body. So, if I'm praying and suddenly um, I get a piece of bad news, my attitude about God is able and God is good and he's a miracle worker, that attitude will superimpose over that thought or that input. If my attitude is, there's demons out there, I've got to fight them, then when that piece comes to you, that input, then all of a sudden you go to war to fight that. We don't have enough armor on to go to war against the devil all the time. We have armor on so that we can keep on the pathway of blessing. And we can just say, you have no authority in my life, Satan. I take the authority in the name of Jesus and by his blood and you must leave now. That's all we need. Now, there are a lot of places that love the battle and they want the minutiae. What is your name? When did you manifest? How long have you been in there? That really is not Biblical. Biblically is that we're supposed to have an attitude of prayer and grace and love and joy. The joy of the Lord is my what? Strength. So why in the world would I go into Wah, and, and fight with something that I already have the authority for? I'm sure that Jesus is up in heaven going, do you realize the price that I paid? And here you are still saying, God, do this. Save me from this. You have the keys. How often does Pastor Larry teach that we are the ones that need to stand up, take authority, and speak to whatever is going on in our life? We don't ask God to do it. And it goes back to attitude. I admit, when I put on my armor of God, I have a certain routine that I go through, and sometimes I find myself drifting. I'm saying the words, but I'm no longer plugged in because my attitude was weak. But if I have one of those mornings when my attitude is, look at that sunrise. Thank you, Lord, for the birds that are chirping outside. My attitude is so elevated and so happy with the Lord that when I start putting on my armor, I don't miss a beat. Every word that I say has a pound behind it. That, that's kind of what I'm hoping to share with all of you today. Yes, prayer is vital. Yes, we have sermons and books and everything on it but it's our attitude that we need to really check. Where where are we? And it has nothing to do with faith. I can have a lot of faith, but if I believe that somebody is going to be mean to me, by golly, I'll see the meanness. If I believe that somebody, and I have an attitude that they're going to be good to me, I will see the goodness. So yes, we need to pray. Yes, we need to know the Bible to be able to agree with God's word. That's what it says. He will not let his word come back without accomplishing what he sent it to do. But I have to know the word in order to say it. But I also need to have the right attitude. I need to have the ability to have this attitude that I put on. It's not natural for me. I confess that. I have to put that attitude on just like my armor of God so that when I go through the world, I have the attitude that I'm sorry about this circumstance. Come, let's pray right now. Thank you, Father, that you provided Jesus Christ and you go for that. You don't go there. And yes, you do curse whatever it is that needs to go away. I curse that spirit of cancer. You have no authority to be in this life. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you provided Jesus to pay the price so that I can be whole. So, so saved. I mean, you say all those things. You curse what you're against, but you don't fight it. You stand in the victory. The joy of the Lord is our strength. For those of you that wandered in just a little bit late and you're never late, you're always right on time. But the whole thing about prayer is having the attitude and we put it on, just like we put on the armor of God because we don't always have the right attitude. We need to have a joyful attitude, a grateful attitude. We need to know the word enough so that we can speak it. If you don't have it memorized, then have it on a sheet of paper and repeat it in the morning. Know that your God is for you He's not bringing punishment to you. If you have any doubt, my gosh, take a look at the Old Testament. I mean, all the people that we talk about, they made some real goofy mistakes. And I was thinking this morning about um, Deborah. Since we're in an environment where people are kind of confused on gender And, you know, Deborah, the judge that went to war, I don't think she was like me that, you know, didn't like outside. I think Deborah liked outside, and she probably was very athletic, and she liked camping, and she probably could axe throw, and the axe would actually stick right where it was supposed to be. I mean, I think that she was on the scale between very feminine and masculine. She was probably more on the masculine side so that she could go to war with the guys. That would not be an assignment I would like. I don't think God called me to that. He called me to something different. Now, I would give money to Deborah when she was headed out. I would pray for Deborah while she was going. I would celebrate Deborah when she came back. And thank God that I didn't have to be a Deborah. So don't you know there's something inside of you, that seed that was planted, that makes you different from other people. And while you're looking at that difference, don't consider it odd. Consider it your gift. And then put on a proper attitude about that gift. Hold your head up. Walk the path that God has put you on, knowing that more than anything, he wants you whole. He wants you healed. He wants you healthy. He wants you whole. And when a circumstance comes, you don't grumble about it. You look at it, find the scripture for it, apply it, And walk in the knowledge that you are a child of God and you are covered. Well, there we go. I think once we get through all four of those, we'll be able to see revival in our own life. And as odd as it sounds, with everything that honey and I are going through, there's revival in our home. There's a giggle. There's a funny. We laugh at things. We let some things go to the side because it's like it just isn't that important right now. One more piece, and then we'll pray. As we are going through the doctor visits and everything with Don, and God reminded me that I have lots of blessings in my life, and I enjoy looking at them. Um, there's some things in my closet that Don and I have been talking about, and I don't wear them, but I like looking at them. They just kind of bring me joy. And then God said, you know, you know there's things in your life, Nancy, that I blessed you with that it's okay to use. like, okay. So I'm looking at the master bathroom, and I was walking past the dining room, and I looked down to the fairly expensive crystal that we own, and one of them is a a water glass. Now, I have a set of eight, of course, but I took one of those, and I put it in the bathroom next to a white marble tray that I have, that I have stuff on, and I put my toothbrush and toothpaste and my electric toothbrush in it Now, that's pretty extravagant, and yet every morning when I brush my teeth, I look at that crystal, and I go, I have so many blessings that I don't use. (gasps) Thank you, Lord. Thank you. How many times have I moved that crystal glass, and it never broke? Thank you. Thank you. Three times here in Texas, and it never broke. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, there's a joy that comes with embracing that blessing, and I know it's a stupid example, but it, it's my example and it makes me happy in the morning and I wanted to share it with you. Because there's something in your house that maybe you've just kind of put on the shelf and you like it and you like looking at it and you like owning it. But by golly, use it. Because all of a sudden when you're using it, it's like, oh yeah, I get to do this every morning, every night. I get to have a woohoo rather than just when I walk past the dining room and look at the, the hutch. <laughs> Does this make sense? See, we we are in a season and on a stage where things are not like they used to be. And so we have to kind of shake the dust off and say, okay, why is this happening? And as I think it was Jonathan Kahn said, or maybe it was Pastor Troy, I don't know which one, when they talked about, you know, oh, I wish I were alive in biblical times. We are. I mean, these are the last days. This is even more exciting than when Jesus was alive on earth. So we're here for a reason, and we know the Bible, and all of you are loyal, wonderful, godly people. So now it's time to just kind of look around and say, okay, who do I need to forgive? Okay, I have to embrace change. Okay, and I need to walk in in joy because that's part of the, the, the button that gets me on the path. And then I need to check my attitude and make sure what am I looking for? What am I searching for? What am I looking at? And how do I take the gift that God put inside of me and retool it with the right wrap? so that it can be used for his honor and his glory i think we're going to all see revival and it's not going to look like what we thought but we're going to know it in our knower and we're going to see the miracles around us and we're going to know that yeah we are alive for such a time as this let's pray Heavenly Father, we come into your throne room, and Lord, if I'm the only one that needed to hear this message today, thank you very much that you gave it to me. Lord, let us remember that attitude has such an important part to play on what we see and what we look for. So help us, Father. Bring Holy Spirit to our memory, anything that we might need to fine-tune yeah I can eat with a fork that's dirty but it's much healthier to eat with a fork that's clean so help us heavenly father to identify those pieces that we need to let go of that we need to sanctify that we need to confess and thank you father that you are going to use all of us in these end times as you bring messiah back to us bless each one here today and those listening on the podcast and all god's people said amen amen thanks for being here